I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Marty Harding. And welcome back to another episode of Animation and Beyond. We hope you had a lovely few weeks without us. Ezra, how was your break off from the podcast? It was great. I had an exciting holiday break. Saw some movies like this, the new Chicken Run movie that we're about to see, uh, Wonka, Migration, and The Bad Guys, the new Christmas special on Netflix. Ooh, you saw a lot of new films. And on Christmas Day, when I was in Palm Springs with my family, we saw Wonka together. Oh, fun. I saw the new Wonka movie as well. Yeah, it was great. And I also had an exciting New Year's Eve when I went to went to a friend's house for a New Year's party I was having. And I watched the New Year's Eve ball drop in Times Square. Oh, very fun. I watched it too. It's always so exciting. I know. And on New Year's Day, I had the most exciting New Year's Day ever. Like no other. I went to Disneyland and did a lot of fun and exciting stuff. <sighs> That's your favorite place. Lucky you. Did you meet anyone or see anything that you haven't seen before? Yeah, I met Asha from the newest movie, Wish, from Disney. Oh, fun. And I met Clara Cluck, who's a chicken character from older, earlier cartoons. <laughs> what rides did you ride? Like, the first one, which I often choose, is was It's a Small World. Of course. And I went on the storybook Canal Boat, uh, Monsters, Inc., Little Mermaid, as well as Jungle Cruise, Winnie the Pooh, and some others. Great. That sounds like a very fun New Year's Day. And I saw some shows too, like World of Color Season of Light, the seasonal version of World of Color at Disney California Adventure. Oh, I've heard that show is beautiful. Yes. What an exciting New Year's Day. So that's New Year's and Christmas. Did you celebrate or get any fun gifts from Hanukkah? Yes, like a Disney gift set that comes with little gifts and it has a timeline of different movies. And I got a postcard set that has different characters on them. Oh, cool. So you can share those characters with people when you send them postcards. I'm not sure if we'll necessarily want to send them, but I like having them because they're just all characters of things I love. Oh, that's fair. If you want to just keep them for the imagery and your own enjoyment. Yes. And what were some good gifts you got for Christmas? Ooh, I got a lot of orange items for Christmas. I got an orange hat and an orange shirt and an orange scarf because I really like the color orange, if you can't tell. It was also just really nice to see my family on Christmas. I went home and got to see my grandma and my mom, dad, and brother, which is really nice because I live far away from them. So that's always wonderful. That's awesome, though. And I like celebrating both Hanukkah and Christmas alike and getting gifts for both holidays. And it's just how I love to celebrate holidays in general. I know you do, Ezra. And you're lucky that your family is willing to celebrate both, too. Yes, in their own ways. And I like celebrating it. In a way, like other people, it's just like, just exciting. It's just the best time of the year. I enjoy the holidays too. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into our episode this week. We're going to be talking about a incredibly successful stop motion claymation animated movie, Chicken Run. Yes. And it's the word of the day. It is also the word of the day. Claymation. It's right here, man. It's time for word of the day, new words, you can say new words for your rhymes and for your wordplay. By the time you leave this video, you'll be smarter than you was before. It's time for word of the day, new words, you can say new words for What's your claymation, rhymes and for your What's claymation, Ezra? It's a form of stop motion, like they use figures, like on the inside and they, and every, like most parts of it, the figure is made from clay. 
That's right. And it's made from clay because clay can be physically molded into a three-dimensional figure, which means that movies using claymation have a very specific look to them. The clay makes for pretty disproportionate but distinct features on the characters, as well as a really three-dimensional look. Yeah, I know. For instance, Wallace and Gromit, which is from the same creator as Chicken Run, is claymation. And so was a lot of things from Laika, The Nightmare Before Christmas. And I think classic Rankin-based specials like Rudolph. And I know so is uh, Gumby, which was created by Art Clokey. Yes, lots of classic films have been made from claymation. And it's been around a long time. Even before there were full feature-length animated films using claymation, There was claymation used in live action shorts as early as the 1900s. They would use clay to create fictional looking sequences as a very early form of animation. So the oldest known film that uses primarily claymation is called Long Live the Bull, and that came out in 1926. Interesting, yeah. And I know, so I forgot to mention Will Vinton, who was also a claymation that we talked about in a much earlier episode. Yeah, we did talk about him. He was a pioneer in claymation for sure. Him and the company Ardman, who produced Chicken Run that we're talking about today. Now, Ezra, what's unique about claymation when it comes to actually shooting the scenes? You use cameras and like when you move from one frame to another, you move the figure. Exactly, which means that it's very important that the figures don't move themselves or get accidentally moved between shots which is pretty difficult because if you've ever used clay, clay is impacted by the environment. It's really sensitive. So things like the temperature of the room or the humidity in the air, those things actually can change the look of the clay characters from hour to hour. I read that when a set needs to stay exactly as is, it's called a hot set. And they call it that just so everyone knows that it's very important for the continuity of the look of the film that the characters and the set stay completely untouched and unchanged so they can return to filming exactly where they were. Yeah, I got it. I get it. Yes. And I did hear that recently Ardman revealed that they're kind of running out of clay, but they have just enough to make another Wallace and Gromit movie. But they did say that you don't have to worry because they're already on the hunt and already on the search for a new clay material to make more films. Oh no, that would be tragic if they ran out of clay. I do know, however, that that companies have used materials other than clay for effectively the same thing. Like there's this plastic-like material called plasticine or silicon. Pretty much anything that's malleable that you can lay over a wire skeleton can create the effect of claymation. Yes, and... Ardman did say that it's not to worry. They are going to continue things and get some more clay somehow. Thank goodness, because people love Ardman's films. So we wouldn't want them to go out of business because of a lack of clay. Find more clay and their remaining clay is just enough to finish up another Wallace and Gromit film. Fantastic. Well, I just wanted to mention a couple other things that I found interesting about claymation. One is that sometimes animators use a technique called stratified claymation where they basically build a loaf of clay it's like a loaf of bread and the movement of the characters are inside the loaf so the shots are just of the end and they cut little slices off to 
capture each frame, which is pretty interesting. If you can imagine that. Yeah, I know. Alternatively, sometimes they use clay as paint, making it more of a two-dimensional situation by placing it on a flat surface and filming that. And lastly, clay has been used, like I mentioned, in combination with other filming techniques. So one way that they mentioned that was really interesting is when they replace a live action character with a clay version to create a visual effect such as Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark scene where a character's face melts. That was clay. Interesting. Yes. Now I think I'm ready to talk about Chicken Run. All right, let's get into it. Our feature presentation. So when did you first see Chicken Run, Ezra? It first came out when I was just four years old, but I didn't see it in a theater then because I was very, very young, but I knew about it then when it came out. And I'd imagine if I'd seen it that young, I would have found it a little scary. Possibly. When did you see it then? I think maybe when I was like 10, 11, or 15, when I saw the whole film. On VHS? No, I think on DVD, actually. When I saw Chicken Run, I loved it, and I thought it was really funny and clever and unique. It is. Can you describe the general plot of Chicken Run? It's about some chickens who live on a farm run by the evil and greedy Mrs. Tweety, who is coming up with an evil plan to turn them into pies because they have stopped laying eggs. And it's the, the leader of him is named Ginger, who attempts many times to escape, but every time she tries to escape, Mr. Tweety, her husband, just catches her, I remember, and then throws her into a dumpster and then back into the coop. And then she has other chicken friends like Babs and Bunty and Mac. And then she meets two clever and funny and friendly rats named Nick and Fetcher. And there's also the old grumpy rooster named Fowler. The then Ginger meets the amazing flying rooster, Rocky, a.k.a. Mr. Rhodes, who came from the U.S. That's right. So these British chickens, as the film takes place in Yorkshire in the UK, they meet this American who can supposedly fly, even though both chickens and roosters are supposed to be flightless birds. I know, and he wants to help them escape the evil Mrs. Tweety, who's plotting on turning them into chicken pies with that machine. Yeah, it's the chicken to pie machine. In goes a chicken, out comes a pie. It's kind of dark if you think about it. Yes, I know, and I remember... In the beginning of the film, Edwina, who was one of the chickens, got killed in the beginning by Mr. and Mrs. Tweety. Yeah, she does. And that's kind of what you were talking about, how this film is a little bit scary at parts. But it's mostly funny and it's an animated comedy. It is. And it is really primarily comedy. It's such a funny movie. These characters are gregarious and silly and clever and very entertaining. Like Babs, one of Ginger's friends who's who's obsessed with knitting. Yeah, she's knitting in just about every scene. I know, and Nick and Fetcher were really funny rats. They are, and they've been kind of used, they've been referenced across a variety of different media, haven't they? Yeah, I know that Mr. Tweety, Mrs. Tweety's husband, was also kind of funny and comical because he wasn't very bright or very smart. No, but he's the one who's trying to communicate to his wife that the chickens are hatching a plan to escape, and she doesn't really buy it. I know, and she's just evil, and she's really vicious, and she's like a big bully who despises chickens more than anything. She does. This is all true. So she's the villain of the film, and obviously the, the chickens try to escape. Now, 
This film was stop-motion animated with claymation. It was Arden's first feature-length film, directed by Peter Lord and Nick Park, who was the Wallace and Gromit creator. Who were the voice actors in this film, Ezra? Julia Swalup, who voiced the main character, Ginger, and Mel Gibson, who's a legendary actor and film director, voiced Rocky. That's right. Mel Gibson is very famous. Who else? Miranda Richardson voices voiced Mr. Tweedy and... The late Tony Haygarth voiced uh, Mr. Tweety. And I know the late Benjamin Whitrow voiced the old grumpy rooster Fowler. <laughs> yeah. And Imelda Staunton voiced Bunty. And I know Timothy Spall voiced Nick. And Bill Daniels voiced Fetcher. That's right. Now, a lot of these characters wouldn't reply, reprise their roles in the new film, which we'll get to in just a minute. I know that this film was distributed by Pathé Pictures, which is from French, and is one of the oldest film distributors, Studio Canal in Europe, and by DreamWorks Pictures, and had partnership with DreamWorks Animation when it first came out, because DreamWorks did have partnership with Ardman until like 2006 and seven when they ended it. Then they had partnership with Sony Pictures Animation, and currently now, Studio Canal and Netflix. That's right. So this distribution of this movie was an international collaboration, just like The Chicken's Escape. <laughs> I know, yes, and I know this film was a critical and commercial success and became the highest grossing animated film of all time. And for a DreamWorks film, which, the, which DreamWorks itself did not produce, it was their most successful release until it was taken by Shrek a year later. Oh, just to clarify, this movie was not only the highest grossing stop motion animated film, this was the highest grossing animated film of any kind, which is pretty impressive. I know, it was very unique, and I know when the film came out, it did have a tie-in video game, which I know received favorable reviews, but the Dreamcast and PC versions were received mixed or average, and was released later in the year in November, months after the film's release. Gotcha. So now what about this sequel, which came out 23 years after the first Chicken Run movie? It's, it was released on Netflix on December 15th and released at the BFI London Film Festival back in October. That's right. And like I mentioned, it has a few different voice actors than the original, considering they were 23 years apart. So it's starring Zachary Levi, Thendiwe Newton, Romesh Ranganathan, and Daniel Mays. Yes, I know. And I know Bella Ramsey, who's a young actress, she voices uh, uh, Molly, who's a new character who's Ginger and Rocky's daughter. Oh, interesting. So they have a child. Or a chick, I should say. <laughs> well, yes, I know it's a coming-of-age film, like when she's first born and she's a chick, and then when she becomes a young chicken. Gotcha. And what's the plot of the film? They're happily living after they escaped Mr. and Mrs. Twee Farms. They're happy, happily living on an island in the lake where they're happily living in peace. And then Rocky and Ginger have a daughter named Molly. But then she's kind of bored living on the island and wants to go somewhere else. But their parents are kind of strict and overprotective and want to keep her safe. But then she goes out to a place, which is a chicken factory, where she meets another young chicken named Frizzle. Ooh, and what happens in this chicken factory? They see somewhere that looks like a fun and exciting playground for chickens. It's actually a trap for chickens, and they're plotting on turning them into nuggets. And Mrs. Tweety, who they defeated in the first, is returning to get her revenge and is now more evil and sinister than ever. Oh, wow. Okay, so hence the name Dawn of the Nugget, which is the name of this sequel movie. 
that sounds like a pretty intense film. Sounds like the original characters are going to have to break in and save Ginger, which sounds pretty exciting. Save Ginger's daughter, uh, Molly, and the new friend, Frizzle, who she meets. Um, They work together as a team to break into the factory and save Molly and work together as a team. And again, once again, stop the evil Mrs. Tweety, who now has another husband named Dr. Fry and and as another assistant named Reginald Smith. Nick and Fetcher return as well, who are just still funny and comical. Mm -hmm. And I know who did return is voiced by David Bradley, because Benjamin Wittrow, his original actor, died several years ago. Gotcha. Wow. So it sounds like we've got the original characters. We've got some new characters. We've got a similarly action-packed plot. Is there anything else you want to say about this new Chicken Run film, Ezra? I know it received a positive reaction, just like the first movie did, but it's some thought it didn't really have the heart or the charm of the first, but I personally enjoyed it. And I like, I'd like to say with some sequels, it was better than the original, but still the original will always be a classic and a great one from my childhood. Definitely. Yeah. Like we said, it was such a successful film and it's so unique for, for being claymation and having all of these wonderful characters. I agree. So let's go ahead and get into trivia. We have to answer a question from so long ago about Elf. John Favreau, the director of Elf, would later direct two of Disney's live-action remakes. And the answer to that is The Jungle Book from 2016 and The Lion King from 2019. There you go. John Favreau is a very multi-talented guy. He's done some amazing acting, and he is now in it, directing Disney's live-action remakes. I know, and I have a question for this episode. Which Disney animated films did Mel Gibson and Zachary Levi, respectively, star in as the male leads if you think you know the answer be sure to listen to next episode thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of animation and beyond bye goodbye